Thanks for joining us inside the Dancer's Studio, where we bring listeners like you closer to the creative process. Inside the Dancer's Studio is a program of the National Center for Choreography at the University of Akron as part of our Ideas in Motion initiative. This episode was recorded in the presence of a live audience in 2023. Today, we join Christy Bolingbroke, our Executive Artistic Director, in conversation with Brooklyn, New York-based interdisciplinary artist and the Artistic Director of Renegade Performance Group, Andre M. Zachary. Zachary is a 2016 New York Foundation for the Arts Gregory Millard Fellow in Choreography and a 2019 Jerome Hill Foundation Fellow in Choreography. As a scholar, he speaks and writes on many topics, including Afrofuturism, Black cultural aesthetics, and technology in art and performance. How or when did you become a choreographer? Mm. I would say um, I've always had an interest in making um, and I would always uh i will always be eager to improvise during um mm-hmm. improvisation classes okay. when i was a uh, when i when i was getting my bfa uh um in the uh, ailey fordham program and so that was always uh a big part of you know how i liked to mm. to to dance really um and uh then figuring out okay how i could put pieces together of these uh, kind of what you were just speaking about these mm-hmm. ideas that mm-hmm. i was um kind of investigating i didn't even you know understand the word at that time investigating it was right. just more like okay cool like you know improvising on this uh, in this way and then it was like okay but now i want to improvise or um you know do something over here and then you know i would say well how do i put those things together and mm-hmm. you know see what they felt like um and yeah, I would, I did, um, I would say it, it really started to become more of a, uh, of something I was like, hmm, I, I think I can maybe go into this for my uh, senior uh, choreographic project. Mm-hmm. I did two um, choreographies, actually. Um, I did a solo and then I choreographed a duet on two other students. And back then you were only supposed to do one, uh, do one. Overachiever. Yeah, just a little bit, just a little bit. And um, the duet I had been working on over the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I kind of had that like pretty much good and set. Um, and I was like, tweaking it a little bit, but then the solo was something I was just like, let me really like get into this in a way that I was just like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like, uh, like I want to pull this apart. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that one, I, I had some, uh, pretty good, um, people that, uh, came, came, came around and would mentor me. Um, you know, I was mentioning, uh, earlier, like the choreographer, uh, Nathan Trice, who I worked with. Um, I was also working with, um, another choreographer, um, uh, someone named Kwame Ross, a late Kwame Ross, um, uh, now since past, but they would give me some pretty good feedback on like what they saw and you know what what they felt that I was kind of like trying to go for mm. and yeah and so when I came to um uh when it came to now submitting for the choreographies I said well you know I have two projects like is that okay and they were just like well let's just see one of them and um uh and so I showed them and they were like oh that's it's actually pretty good can we see the other one and then I showed them they were like yeah okay great you can do two on the concert so <laughs> nice yeah that's when i kind of really was just like okay choreography could 
be something that I really want to, you know, pursue maybe a little bit sooner than, than later, I would mm-hmm. say. It, there's so many things just in hearing that snapshot of your journey, mm-hmm. right? The idea of uh, improvising, of staying ready, mm-hmm. of not waiting for the invitation. And then when asked, saying like, well, what about this? I could do you know, both of these. Mm-hmm. But also along the way, the other choreographers and artists that you work with, that you surround yourself with, mm-hmm. and and creating a sort of community and and this idea of agile development and mm-hmm. feedback. Yeah, I'm really curious. You accepted our invitation to come teach as part of 21st Century Dance Practices. Yeah, thank you. Oh, you're welcome. How would you define 21st Century Dance Practices? That is, that's such an important question because 21st century dance practices is as much as it is a push forward it is now a recollecting mm. and um uh a uh it offers you know through various mediums mm-hmm. you know through our various technologies an opportunity to actually look back in ways that we possibly hadn't um, had the means to do before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so 21st century da- dance practices for me um, is also a, I mean, it, it is a, as much as it's a, an artistic, um, like this artistic stance, it is, it's, it's as much a, like a societal statement on um, on reshifting, mm-hmm. you know, our focus on like what dance, uh, what dance is, where, like where, where were like origins of dance mm-hmm. and ways that are not as, cons- we're not as considered, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and then I would say giving us the opportunity to really create a new value system mm. on the emphasis that we place on, uh, I would say, especially when it, when it comes to like race and ethnicity and uh, and then cultural uh, cultural lineage in these and being specific in the, these specific, in, uh, specific forms and how we can trace them, I, I think it's incredibly important. Um, yeah, twenty first century dance practices for, for me, I would say, um, you know, as much as I was, you know, given you know, formal dance training mm-hmm. as well, which, you know, I was lucky to receive, you know, cause um, I had a, a family that was very supportive of being in the arts. And mm-hmm. That was just what it meant to be a, a well-rounded person, you know, mm-hmm. not just your academics. And you had to also understand the arts with music, the dance. Um, but, you know, I, yeah, I grew up in 90s hip hop culture, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And then in Chicago, like 90s hip hop and house, you know, culture, um, not necessarily, definitely not in the clubs. I was, you know, I was a kid, but like yeah. at school, you know, you know, on the street after school with your friends. Um, and you know, that was, it, it wasn't that it was, um, you know, outside, like looking back, I'm like, Oh no, that was, that was it. Like mm-hmm. we were, we were in the culture in, yes. in a very weird way, you know, going to house parties and things like that, that we were able to go to. Um, and so understanding how that, those sensibilities actually to me are really important in shaping 21st century dance practices. To me more so than anything I, anything I learned in 
a uh, like a formal dance class, respectively. Mm. Like, I, I would rather take the principles I learned, like in the house party or like the the gym, you know, the the, um, the g- weekend gym parties, mm-hmm. and those inform me way more. So, mm. yeah. I, well, and I love the I, the notion that this moment is. Uh, to redefine a system of values Mm -hmm. as well. Because I also think in your work, there is that sense of tradition of rich African diasporic culture, Mm -hmm. which a lot of times people may connote is like old. Um, But then in the 21st century, it doesn't just mean shiny and new and now we're going to be doing digital everything. Right. Yeah. But but rather what's at the nexus of all that we've come before? What do you want to carry forward? Those sensibilities? What do you want to let go of? Mm -hmm. And then how do you keep it relevant in a new context? Right. And a new time moving forward. Mm -hmm. Um, How do you work with technology in your work? Technology is something I started to work with, uh, I, I would say around 2000. I became interested in it um, in 2005, 2006, when I began working with a company in um, Philadelphia called Miro. That was um, kind of more performance art and, mm. uh, and um, experimental performance company that was actually using technology within their work. Wow. Even even then, I was just like, "Wow, this is like, you know, this." It was is like Web one point yeah. yeah, like literally. <laughs> and um, uh, the um, directors, um, uh, Tobin Raffline and Amanda um, Miller, they were doing some asking some pretty uh, uh, interesting questions with technology. So I was like, "Okay, this is this is definitely like up, you know, uh, um, you know, up my alley in, in what I kind of really want to um, uh, look at with work." And I would say it was when I um, a friend asked me because I, I had a a pretty back then like the digital cameras you know that they, they were some were like pretty good and I remember I got a deal on one. They were not in your phone. They were not in yeah. your phone. Yeah. So this is back then, like <laughs> even like 2000. Yeah, when the iPhone dropped, what was that right. like? I guess 2009 or something like that yeah. was a big deal. I think I had like the Canon Digital Elf. Yeah, okay. yeah. I had a Sony. I forgot which one. It was, it, but it was pretty good. And I was just like, "Wow, I can do some like amazing things with this," and like play with like the FPS. And a friend was doing an audition and needed a reel, and they they knew I had a good camera. They were like, "Like, what do you think we can do?" I was like, "Well, why don't we just go out on the street and we can see what we can do?" And so I, you know, I was just playing with the camera with him, and I was just like, "Oh, okay." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "This is pretty dope." And then. You know, we took the footage back and, um, you know, and that was going to be, and I remember I had just, I had saved up a, like a lot of money and I, um, I had got a Mac for the first time. And I was just like, wow. All right. So I had never used, um, iMovie before, uh, after about two months of having it. And so I was like, okay, this is going to be a first time, like really editing video. And we pulled in the footage and I realized I could do so much with that footage, mm. um, like with filters. I was like, oh, there's something you can slow it down. And I was like, yo, what do you want? You want to try this? And and that's when I realized I was like, oh, this is pretty amazing. I can I can extend what I'm doing, you know, in the physical sense mm-hmm. in uh, in the dance space. And I can push it even, you know, even um, even further in a digital way. And so. 
well, choreographing through the digital way. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. You know, choreography is about playing with time. Yeah, exactly. And, and manipulating these mm -hmm. different elements. And so finding another tool instead of just relying on the bodies in front of you. And, and so with, with that, but also being able to use the bodies uh, that were in the space with me and, and or in front of me and then almost have a, another way of uh, of of seeing what they were. So meaning that, you know, what we can see now, of course, mainly with, you know, and the, the, the proscenium, it's you know, a very frontal and mm -hmm. forward way of looking. But it was like, wow, I can actually position the camera maybe on like this downward angle behind them. And then all of a sudden, it's going to create this entirely new perspective of, of their body moving in relationship to, I mean, you know, living in New York, it was like, wow, to like this architecture that maybe is up there. Mm -hmm. And then it's just like, oh, whoa, they're actually trying to relate to something um, out of, let's say, like uh, the line of sight. Mm -hmm. And that's when I was just like, OK, this is this is going to be this is probably going to be like where the field is going. And mm -hmm. so I, I started to really investigate a lot of choreographers a lot more choreographers that were doing work. I mean, I look, I even, you know, was trying to, um, as much as I could, like, you know, read books. And I knew other choreographers like Dilty Jones had done work, um, uh, you know, with, uh, with a lot of technologies such as, you know, I think, it, what was this piece? I think it was uh, Ghost Catching, mm -hmm. I believe. Um, and, and, and I know some others, but I started to like, actually now like look at it more seriously um, and, and uh, figure out like, hmm, like, wh what do I want to say and so then, um, you know, I, I was I was I was a big sci-fi nerd, and um, I was uh, um, also you know pretty pretty uh, yeah I was you know into um, you know comic books and things like that. And a lot of my crew was, and uh, I had a, a, lot, a lot of my crew were also like writers and uh, musicians, visual artists, and um, already around that time. Um, so many of so many people were were delving and kind of re um reemerging with um afrofuturist thought you know mm. with uh, writers such as you know like greg tate um and that was just a part of like the community in new york and and then by the time i would say like around 2012 late 2011 i started to really kind of ask myself like hmm how do i begin to really place and consider dance in this relationship with Afrofuturism because, I mean, really up until that point, no one had been asking that question, mm -hmm. really. I mean, like, music was already, like, well beyond, you know, when we think of people like Alice Coltrane and uh, Sun Ra, literature, you know, sure, you know, mm -hmm. um, people like, you know, uh, Octavia Butler, N.K. Jemison, uh, you know, Samuel Delaney, um, visual art, film, and so it was interesting that I was just like, wait a minute, there's n there has been no real consideration of like dance and the body, mm -hmm. the form that actually, when they're talking about the blackness, like the, like it, this is it. I'm like, oh. And so I was asking questions like, well, is anybody else doing it? I was like, surely I'm not the only one. And then people like Makeda Thomas, uh, who's the director of uh, Trin uh, Dance Institute in Trinidad and Tobago, mm. she was doing some work and I was like, okay, yeah, I see you Makeda. And Makeda was like, yep, I see you, you know, little bro doing the thing. <laughs> but it wasn't that many others. And then I started, then I met people like Monster Black and Manchild Black, fellow mm -hmm. choreographer in New York. And I was like, oh, whoa, they're doing some like really like 
sick stuff, you know what I'm saying? And so it slowly started to like, once I started asking those questions, people started revealing themselves. And I was like, oh, okay, there's, there's, there's a mm -hmm. few people here, so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and so much of that, I think you're so dead on with, you know, dance has been a little bit slower to embracing technology, mm -hmm. Afrofuturism in everything mm -hmm. that they do. I think sometimes because of how the field is working on a project basis, mm -hmm. it tends to surface with like, this project is going to have the shiny, the new, the bells and whistles. Yeah. Whereas what I hear that you're doing is like, this is, is about longevity. And it's like, how do you pick up these tools and this way of thinking that works with your latest project today, but is something that you'll continue to work with for 10, 15, 20 years, as long as you want to make dances. Yeah, yeah. Um, the technology aside, we've got a lot of, you know, students that also want to dance. Mm -hmm. What do you look for in dancers? Um, I, I, honestly, I look for, uh, I, I look for hunger. Hunger. Yeah. I mean, that's... Tell us more. I, I mean, if there is... Like, you know, for those that have been taking class with me, you know, I, I hope they've seen, like, I, I can... Sure, I can put some steps together. Um, hopefully, like, I really try and do it in a way that's intentional and not just haphazard. Mm -hmm. It's just like, okay, wait a minute. I, I know this momentum's going here. And so sometimes I'm saying, okay, how do I complete that momentum to come into something else? Or is there an intentional way of like taking that centrifugal work and then maybe releasing it through the backspace in a way that might not be expected? Mm -hmm. And so sometimes I deliberate on that a lot. And then I just want to see people do it, right? Mm -hmm. and, and it's more about, you know, this space really being a lab, you know, when, you know, coming up, you know, like breaking and like learning how to footwork. Sometimes you would just mess up. And then, and I think that, and then going back to what we were talking about, 21st century dance practices, right? So in that space, when you were learning how to break and, you know, and, and footwork or do the thing, there were, back then, like, you had, of course, you had, like, people that were, like, experienced. But when you were a kid, I mean, no one was a master teacher. Like, you right. were just learning it. Cause, and then some, you know, definitely some youth were better than others. They were older than you. They were like, oh, man. And so you were looking at them like, man, how did they do that? And so then you're trying it. And then you, you don't quite do what they do, but then you do something else and you, you figure it out. And they're mm -hmm. like, oh. You just figured out something on your own. That's your style, mm -hmm. right? And you're like, oh, right. That's okay, cool. And then you're, you're there like, oh, okay. So while they were doing like this, you're like, you yeah. know, added something in that respect. And that is part of, and to me, that is that represents to me a healthy continuum. Mm. And so then in the spaces, as much as, much as I do have to impart and, and, and um, bestow with, you know, my own experience and knowledge, I love seeing when someone is just like, oh, they did that. I'm like, oh, what was that? That was cool. Like, mm -hmm. let's put that in there. And, and then, because then that lets me know, you know, they're trying something or in a way that is not trying to be perfect mm -hmm. either. Because, I mean, I'm, I'm not really interested in that. I mean, most of, you know, you're here in university, so that means, you know, someone has invested a lot of time and energy and money for you to get good techniques. So that probably means... You know, you can, you know, you know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. meaning the easy part is doing three pirouettes. Mm. That's actually the easy part of dance. That's not hard. The hard part of dance is, is taking this, as you're saying, taking this idea or this ex exploration of working and then being like, oh, you're doing something wicked with that. Like, I, I've never even considered doing it in that way. Mm -hmm. Okay, now how can we take that way of doing it and now pull it forward in a way that's like, like, 
ah, oh, you know what I mean? It's like, I can't help but to take, you know, like that energy you have with it and now bring, cause you're like, I, I need that in the room. I, yeah. Because now that's gonna push me as a creator. Well, and it's bigger than, you know, just having the ideas in your head mm -hmm. um, and, and then, you know, or fitting them on your body mm -hmm. and then fitting them on other people's bodies, but it mm -hmm. makes space for everyone's uniqueness. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and hearing you describe what that is to look for, you know, the dancers and bodies and people that you want in the room mm -hmm. also reminds me of, of what you told us about uh, working on your senior projects and, yeah. and creating that community where there is a sort of feedback mechanism yeah um almost maybe like a cipher too as a part of the spirit and so my last question mm -hmm. as you've been surrounding yourself with people and listening and you respond both to the dancers you're working with as well as the choreographers you've worked for mm -hmm. What is maybe a, a favorite or best piece of advice that you've ever been given in navigating a creative career that you might share with us today? Um, I, I was actually just speaking about this with um, my collaborator last night, and we were, we were speaking about um, knowledge and advice he had heard from um, kind, of a, a kind of a global mentor in Chicago, um, the writer uh, Haki Madhubuti. Mm. And... Baba Haki was saying, uh, and I might get this incorrect, um, I and they might be more specific. You need to have, um, you need to have courage. You need to have uh, incessant curiosity. And you need to, you do need to have a, convic a conviction to some type of, uh, of principles mm -hmm. in your life. Um, yeah, the it's it's interesting um, because I know, especially as careers as dancers, it seems like oh man, like this company or you know the the name of like this space seems like that is the goal to to get to and and to land and then and then that's it. And for some people, yeah, that is. And then for some others, it's like oh, I'm here and now actually maybe I've done you know you know, five or six years, and now I'm actually ready to ask new questions. Mm. Um, and then with that, you know, we, we don't create work within a vacuum, mm -hmm. um, usually not for, for ourselves. Yeah. And our work does serve, um, it serves people in ways that we might never expect. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it does seem corny, but there are people that actually are inspired by you making the choice and the decision to pursue something that you know that you love to do hopefully um and being in the space you know moving with others by yourself it actually it actually inspires people in ways sometimes you we may never know um and sometimes the most meaningful projects for us are the ones that we where we we've met all of the goals that we've set up for ourselves even if it that didn't necessarily, let's say, get, you know, uber wide acclaim. All the grants or yeah, sell like, all the tickets. Ac you know. Actually, sometimes like those projects where even like smaller projects, mm -hmm. um, it, it's been, it's been, that's been worth it. And then I would say one of the, one of the most meaningful ways that I, I know I uh, 
execute as an artist. And sometimes when I'm able to, especially like with my technology skills or even choreography, if I'm working on a project, if it's in service of someone else, mm. if I'm not the lead on it, or if I am like, you know what, actually I want to take my work in support of what you're doing. Mm -hmm. I, sometimes I get the most fulfillment with that, with yeah. collaborating and saying like, oh, like this idea you have, like, could, could I explore it here? And like, would you like to, you know, invest can can i do something with that and like in support of what you're doing and sometimes artists are like oh yeah i didn't even know that that was something you know that you want to do like with like a film or like some music mm -hmm. um or like uh, or some projections and i'll do something and they'll be like whoa like yeah can we bring that in and 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 then all of a sudden that turns into like a, a real relationship over time that gives us uh that gives us an extension through our artistic partnership and that's that then creates longevity mm -hmm. for my own career right so that it's not just about oh once the next you know grant or you know gig oh, like um you know choreography coming from mm. but you've created it for yourself again through these relationships mm -hmm. with the skills that you have been building over time so yeah, yeah. well there there's so much in that too i i wanted to reiterate the idea of courage incessant curiosity and mm -hmm. conviction of principles mm -hmm. and then as you explained how it may show up it's this like ever-changing definition of what success or satisfaction may look like mm -hmm. and similar <laughs> to the body right like who who you were as a mover at 15 is going to be different at 25 is going to be different at 35 it's going to be different at 40 <laughs> welcome to your 40s yeah it's going to be different at 40 oh, and so man. we are not fixed entities so no. in navigating this creative career to be able to stay curious uh -huh. and not still seeking you know but but i want this definition of success when you're like well but that that's the kind of thing that you did in your 15s and, yeah. and 20s and, and working with that. And so, yes, some of it is, but how do you find new ways to get there as well? And yeah. I, I love that because that is another thing. Dance is in a constant dialogue with the body. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yes. Big facts when you say that, because that, that relationship to um, embracing, as you're saying, the 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 shifts in our own bodies mm -hmm. um and for me doing that in myself has completely expanded my empathy for seeing like okay what are other bodies like especially those whether the students collaborators whoever is like in the room with me or if i'm mm -hmm. seeing work on stage it's just like right you 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 don't know what the story of someone's body is yeah right and so the incredible vulnerable you know, position that everyone comes to, to be in the studio. It, it is to really be, you know, held with respect and honor. And then you, you, you do your best to like, make sure that, like you say, that it's held with care, you know, yeah, you challenge yourself as, as, as much as, as, you know, as possible. I realize I'm like, wow, I can't even, you know, seven years ago, I'm like, wow, I could do that. I can still do it. But now it's just a little bit different. And mm -hmm. it's just like, okay. All right, that, that, that's, mm -hmm. that's what it is. And that's so, another sort of feedback mechanism. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Um, In dialogue with your own body. And, 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 it's, uh, and it's, it's a beautiful space of humility, I'll say that. Mm. And, so I'm, and, I'm, and I know, as, you know, speaking as a non-disabled person mm -hmm. who then is, is looking at 
what that means to be able to even navigate space in a mm -hmm. certain way. Mm -hmm. And then what does it mean as for me to then make, uh, to, to make these considerations of like, hmm, now what does it mean when disabled persons are in the room, disabled dancers are in the room with me? Mm -hmm. How does that then shift? Because then of, uh, over time, body shift. Yep. And our, those relationships to ability, you know, are, are, are now very, you know, have variants. So yeah. it, it's, uh, it's something that um, I'm grateful I've had, I put myself in positions to learn and to constantly shift of like, mm, what I thought was fixated is, is definitely not. So, Excellent. Yeah. In a position to learn. Please yeah. join me in thanking Andre Zachary. Thank you, Christy. Yes. Inside the Dancer's Studio live series is supported by NCC Akron, the University of Akron, the University of Akron Foundation, and the Mary Schiller Myers Lecture Series in the Arts. Our podcast program is produced by Jennifer Edwards. James Sleeman is our editor. Theme music by Flaco Torres. Cover art by Micah Krauss. Transcription by Arushi Singh. Special thanks to the team on the ground in Akron, Ohio. To learn more about NCC Akron, please visit us online at nccakron.org and follow us on Instagram or Facebook at NCC Akron. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we encourage you to subscribe on your favorite podcast streaming platform by searching for Inside the Dancer's Studio. Thanks so much for listening and stay curious.